0: So learning how to ask the right questions, how to write the right prompts for an AI like that is really the skill you need to learn so you can use it in your day-to-day job.
1: Welcome to the All In Recruitment Podcast by Manatal, where we explore best practices, learnings, and trends with leaders in the recruitment space. If you've liked our content so far, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and Spotify and stay tuned for our weekly episodes. My name is Lydia, and joining us today is Francesco Diomayuta, Head of People at Honest. Good evening, Francesco, and thank you for joining us.
0: Hi, Lydia. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much.
1: So Francesco, you've built your career mostly in talent acquisition and the executive recruitment space, right? So tell us a little bit about these roles that you've held. What kind of aspects of people in HR do you look into, you know, especially as you're building their people strategies from ground up? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So over the past 10 years, I started my career in a recruitment agency. Mm-hmm. So I started in the agency side, which is very often a, a sales function for, for the agency. I started in business development at the time. So really looking after finding more clients for the agency I was working with. Then after some time, I was very interested in, in recruitment or actually doing recruitment myself as well, besides mm-hmm. working mainly on the client side. So I started with executive search at the time. Um, I was mainly finding sales and marketing professionals for our clients and after around three years three and a bit i moved in-house so Mm -hmm. i took that recruitment experience that i had and i joined omise at the time that now has rebranded to open Mm -hmm. um in omise i was starting in talent acquisition um i was fairly early in the in the growth of the organization at around 120 people i think we were at the time um and my job was mainly look after all the recruitment needs of the organization
1: where was it going to at that point from 120 to
0: yeah it was already in hyper growth stage i would say Mm -hmm. Um, it was already at the time where there were different subsidiaries as well Mm -hmm. of the organization every subsidiary had a lot of hiring needs if i remember correctly we had a steady 35 to 40 open positions at any mm -hmm. time Um, but There wasn't much established yet in terms of talent acquisition operations. So there wasn't an ATS, for example, there wasn't a lot of best practices being implemented, and I was fortunate to gain a lot of experience hands on there on how to set up recruitment operations, which I did, and at some point then moved out from talent acquisition to work on overall HR matters. Mm Then eventually worked on the group level of of the holdings company for a couple of years and we scaled the organizations. I think when I left, we were at around 500 people um, overall, so a lot of growth uh, regionally. And now uh, I've joined Honest, uh, which is also a younger company, tech company um, with a tech office here in Bangkok, where we also um, hiring uh, hiring for the, for the engineering teams and for mm-hmm. the business teams in Indonesia. And we are slowly starting to build out the talent acquisition function here as well. Um, similar. Yeah.
1: So setting up an entire people function is obviously a major task, right? So what are mm-hmm. the first few steps you've taken to make sure that your people strategies, especially the early ones, they fall in line with your business strategy?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the way... In my experience, is that you need to really, the smaller the company or the earlier the startup, the more urgent are certain needs. Mm. So you need to really dial down where you are focusing on. Uh, If you are a 50 people company and you need to hire five more engineers, it doesn't make much sense to think about having the best onboarding experience in the market. Right. So if you are working with smaller companies, earlier startups, you need to devote your time on what is most beneficial for the organization. And that is often to find the right people. Um, now, if you are experienced and you have uh, done recruitment for, for a while or, or you have good help that can support you, um, you can focus on building a recruitment uh, or a- application experience, a candidate experience at the same time. And as you are building or working on recruitment, you have a responsibility to build a certain recruitment culture in your organization.
1: Recruitment culture. Would you, yeah. would you elaborate that?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Something we did fairly early is to be very vocal about who owns the recruitment Mm. in an organization. And I think without having worked in in too many different organizations, from what I hear from people is often that HR is seen as the person responsible to hire. Um, I think that's flawed, to be honest. Um, HR professionals are not hiring for themselves when they are looking for engineers. Our job is actually to accommodate and to facilitate the recruitment process as good as we can to make it as easy as possible for our hiring managers to hire the best talent in the market, because that's what we actually want to do. We want to find the best people that we can to join our organizations. When it comes to building the culture around recruitment, it means that you are vocal and that you take actions towards having that recruitment responsibility being owned by your managers and you being a facilitator. So making it easy, making it clear, giving them a lot of uh, options to choose from, but not making decisions instead of your managers and giving them certain responsibilities in the recruitment process as well.
1: In as you're building out this function, you would also need to think about how to develop uh, recruitment strategies that fulfill the business needs. As you said, today, immediate and urgent, mm-hmm. but also in the future, at least mm-hmm. you know, in, in a projected period of one year or at least two years. So what might be some ways to think about future-proofing your recruitment strategy?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I'd, I'd like to think about the skills that are needed today versus the skills that are needed in the future. I think a lot of organizations would benefit from thinking on how is a certain function developing over the next six to 12 months, maybe 18 months, Mm-hmm. When they are drafting or thinking about what kind of person do I need to hire for this job, I don't think it's enough to think about what are the immediate job responsibilities, because then you run into the problem that you, your organization outscales the capabilities of your workforce quicker than you can hire, basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I like to think about where does this position go in 18 months and what kind of skills will I need in the future? And um, that might mean that you hire a bit above the skill level that you might currently need and you need to be very vocal about this in the recruitment process to not disappoint anybody when they join. But in the same time, you have an opportunity to lay out what is the career progression for that candidate, Mm -hmm. which actually in the long term makes a lot of sense. So you're future proving your your organization by hiring skill sets that will um, enable you to grow for the next uh, period of time as well.
1: And I understand that you yourself have had experience building tools uh, in Ruby and Python to mm-hmm. automate and your entire to automate and monitor your all your recruitment activities. So, mm-hmm. what was your experience with this? Getting hands on to build a solution. You know, coming from a recruiting background and also from a business development background, it's interesting to see how you've you've kind of adapted and and done it yourself. So, what yeah. was your experience like? I
0: think for me, it was being exposed to these engineering organizations i was uh, lucky to make friends in these organizations have good contacts and there was a time where we even had an engineer working with us in the hr team um so i was basically exposed to it fairly early and was interested i adopted this culture this mindset of having to or wanting to automate everything Um I think talent acquisition professionals in h r in general we are prone to spend our time on paperwork or on administrational functions mm-hmm. administrational tasks um so I like to think about what are the things that only I can do, and how can I spend most of my time doing that instead of having to create reports very manually, write job descriptions very manually or, or extend offer letters that are prone. to to be um, um, where you are prone to have mistakes in it. Um, So I got first introduced to Ruby at the time um, through our organization. That was the code that or the language we were using um, in our jobs. And I learned that you can actually create PDF documents through Ruby code. And the first thing that came to mind was, would be nice if I could create job uh, offer letters via Ruby. Because for me at least, and I guess it's similar to for others in organizations, offer letters, it's a bit finicky when you have placeholders for information that is variable from candidate to candidate, and it's easy to miss something. It happens from time to time that you miss something, that you um, send an offer letter with wrong information. And what I did is that I built a little questionnaire that asks me information about the candidate. For example, the name, the salary, um, the working location, if you have multiple, uh, which asked me these questions. I fill mm-hmm. it out. As long as this information is correct, it will be translated correctly into the offer letter. And what I get back is a PDF um, offer letter that I can use right away. That was the first um, tool that I built for this. Mm-hmm. The second one was with Python. Um, we had an ATS with an API by the time. And I was able to access that API through Python code. Mm. And my job at the time, because I mentioned a bit about the recruitment process being owned by managers, what I meant by that as well in practicality is that managers need to review applicants um, to decide whether they wanna proceed with an interview or not. And oftentimes we have to follow up with people. Managers are busy. Uh, They don't necessarily are available to uh, review applicants for me. so it can happen that I spend half a day mm. going into the pipelines or in the positions of 35 different jobs to just to see are there candidates that we need to review, then sending that pipeline link to my managers, asking them to review them, maybe even count the candidates. So what I built in Python is a script that goes into all of these positions for me, quickly counts how many applicants need to be reviewed. And sends me all that information that I then can copy paste to Slack. Mm. So my half day job just became twenty minutes.
1: No, well, it was a big, big leap for you. So it's actually very impressive uh, to see to see that kind of innovative and problem solving mindset coming through. Mm. And moving on, there's uh, there's been widespread adoption of AI into many aspects of business mm-hmm. today. And there's essentially an AI for every task, and we see. Today, the different kinds of use cases for things like ChatGPT. So how do you think Mm -hmm. uh, TA professionals can benefit from AI?
0: Yeah, I think similar to other functions, even in the industrial functions, when we think about automation, Mm. um, there is always talk about it replacing humans, but I don't really think that we are there yet. I think it's something that can help you do your job quicker and uh, perhaps even better. Um, Especially JetGPT, very interesting, very um, astonishing results that you get from it.
1: Have you tried it yet?
0: I did, yeah. So I dabbled in it quite a bit. Um, For example, to create templates, to create policy. Mm -hmm. It's it's a bit dangerous. You need to be careful because it's well known that not all the information is correct on JetGPT. but. One of the skills that you need to learn interacting with that technology, which I think will become more and more important, is how do you provide the right prompts to something like JetGPT because it can really drastically increase the quality that you receive back. So learning how to ask the right questions, how to write the right prompts for an AI like that is really the skill you need to learn so you can use it in your day-to-day job, job set.
1: And we're seeing many trends also in talent acquisition that also includes a rise in contract work and also a need to build more connectivity in the workforce. And this is in tandem with productivity within the workforce. So things like soft skills, teamwork can all continue to be as critical as technical skills because companies need to strengthen their teams, in term, especially in periods of uncertainty. So what would you look out for when searching for top talent in a new startup like Honest?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things you can do as a startup. And one of the most important jobs to have is to per- build that, that first 100 employees or the first 50 employees or whatever scale that you join. Something we like to repeat in our organizations is that the first 100 employees will define the next 500.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you really can't compromise on the people that you hire. Um, that's a bit of an easier said than done, I think. A lot of startups are struggling for people. They have too yeah. much work. They want to hire as quickly as they can. But in talent acquisition, you, you can support your organization by making sure that you don't compromise whenever you can. Hire for culture, hire for people that really want to be with you and, and really want to build whatever you are set out to build with you. Um, because there is always another job where they will pay you more. And especially for skilled software engineers, it's, it's not recommended to purely compete on salary. You need to find people that buy into your vision and exactly for that reason, because they will hire the next 500 people in your organization. And whoever you appoint in these first 50 to hundred positions yeah. really makes a difference.
1: We often see employers as well today, striving to strike that balance between productivity as well as well-being. So what would you say is the role of the employer in fostering a high, high performance culture, especially in startups, where right? You have so much to do. And uh, it's, as you said, it's critical to get those people who want to stay by you and stick with you and see the company mm-hmm. grow. So uh, what would you say is the role of the employer to foster mm-hmm. that kind of high performance culture?
0: Yeah. I think you shouldn't be afraid of asking, shouldn't be afraid of researching what do your employees actually want. Um, so don't don't shy away from doing surveys early. Mm. Uh, you can do engagement surveys by yourself, can ask a, a third party vendor to help you with these. So don't shy away from actually asking what makes our culture good or what is a high performance culture. Secondly, uh, uh, something I would like to recommend is that hiring mistakes happen. Mm. They happen everywhere. So you don't always hire exactly who you thought you hire. And in order to keep that high performance culture that you invest a lot of time to build, it also means that you might need to part ways with people at some point. And in my experience, it's, it's better for both. So if you have an employee that is perhaps not meeting all the expectations, they're also not enjoying their job neither, right? They are having a hard time working with you perhaps, or it's just not a good fit. And everybody who is a high performer in your team is being negatively affected by somebody that doesn't pull their weight neither. And so, yeah, I think parting ways when you have to, is, is a healthy, um, healthy for organizations that wanna keep the high performance culture.
1: So what are some steps to take to develop a strong EVP in order to ensure that your talent strategies, especially those you know, that you're building right now, the early ones, the talent strategies for culture as well as technical skills are, are both aligned?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So here as well, if you really need to talk to your employees, uh, you need to talk to your leadership level, to your employees do surveys, ask questions. If you're small enough, have town halls where people can speak up to really define what makes this special place to work at. Mm. What do people value? Why are they excited about what you are building? And then next you translate this as usual to your recruitment marketing material. You translate this to your social media posts to really spread the word about what you're doing. But to go one step further and talk about how you Implement this in your recruitment strategy. I would suggest that you have a mission statement um, Mm -hmm. that you follow with your HR team that really defines what is the job of HR in this organization. You need to define what are things that we do, what are things that we don't do, make it very vocal again, write it down, present it to everybody, get everybody's buy in, and then present this to candidates as well and treat your candidates to the same standard that you treat your employees
1: so on that note what role can a talent acquisition professional play to make sure that that positive candidate experience that was built on on the back of the evp translates to a fulfilling Mm -hmm. as well as authentic employee experience yeah
2: yeah i think one thing that i i
0: tend to do is don't sugarcoat things um if you are Talking to candidates that are about to start in a startup or join your startup, it, it might be very messy at the moment and you might not have a lot of structure and there might be problems. Most people you you would benefit from telling them things upfront, uh how they actually really are, rather than to sugarcoat and say, Yes, we are the best company in the world, and once they arrive, they, they have a, a surprise waiting for them. So for for us, for me, honesty is very important. Mm. In our organization, the way we interact with each other, we are being very honest. So we urge everybody to be honest to candidates as well. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you need to talk bad about your organization or point out all the flaws that exist, but just paint a realistic picture of where we are today um, think about where we will be in the future.
2: And that's usually um, more beneficial for both candidates and, and hiring managers.
1: So let's move into the recruitment technology part. There's Mm -hmm. already the foundation that's built on how you need to think, how you need to treat candidates, et cetera. So what is the impact of recruitment technology, such as the ATS from Mm Manatal, for hiring in startups? And what are the benefits that you've seen in your experience?
0: Yeah, um, I think I wouldn't be where I am today without discovering ATSs or without the help of of recruitment technology. Mm. Um to paint the picture, when I, in, in one of my appointments in in-house recruitment, mm-hmm. there were again, a large number of open positions, no ATS. Um, so everything was done via email and Excel. And I literally spent nine hours a day scheduling interviews.
2: Mm.
0: So nine hours a day, I asked, I tried to find out who wants to interview this candidate, writing an email to the candidate, perhaps giving them a call. Um, then finding out the schedule for my hiring managers, a lot of back and forth. So most of my day was spent uh, scheduling. And through the introduction of an ATS, it allowed me to automate, I would say 70% of my mm-hmm. job or 80% of my job. So everything was self-managed. Um, you go, you set up certain pipelines that have automated actions that will be taken once a candidate enters the pipeline. It opens the door to you to actually create an an employee or a candidate experience journey where you can send them information about your company before the interview. You can give them a guide about our interview process, introduce the hiring manager. And the scheduling part can be self-managed as well through scheduling links. Then you have things like scorecards that allow you to keep track of what does work in our organization. It allows you to really close the data analytics gap, where you can collect data in the application process, compare it to the um, probation evaluation process, and compare that to the mid-year review if you want. So you really close the gap of of the whole journey of employment, Um, and that's incredibly important for me.
1: So thank you, Francesco. Those were really great insights, but of course, You've also painted the picture of what life as a recruiter was like before uh, technology and also the different things that you've experienced with uh, generative AI as as well as as ATS. So what advice would you give to someone who's starting out in recruitment today?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about this quite a bit. Um, Something that helped me a lot in my journey in HR is to have good mentors. So. I come from a sales background and a lot of internal negotiation as 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 silly as it sounds proper sales skills will help you with that because they teach you to think about what does your counterparty want out of this how can you make a win-win situation for both of you um so for me a good advice is find somebody in the in the industry that you look up to
2: try
0: to start working with them And learn as much as you can for the first couple of years and then eventually you can start making your own experiences um experiment yourself don't be too shy um the only thing i I would leave to say is yeah don't be shy of breaking the perception of what hr needs to be in your organization there's nobody that tells you what you can and cannot do um so try things out
1: Thank you very much for your insights today, Francesco. And I'm sure the audience might want to find out a little bit more about you and uh, your experiences being in the tech startup in recruitment scene. So where can they find out more about you? Where where can they look you up?
0: Sure. I'm mainly active on LinkedIn. So just follow me uh, with my name, Francesco Diomayuta. Send me a connection request. Happy to chat anytime.
1: And we have been in conversation with Francesco Diomayuta, head of people at Honest. Stay tuned for more weekly episodes from All In Recruitment. Thank you.